Is it a, a joke that a woman can tell you to make you mad and sad at the same time? I'm not sure. Yeah, he said, hey, out of all your friends, you got the biggest dick. <laughs> <laughs> Take that penny and lick it. The station with the best, 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 best music. Best music. I love you. Best music. Open your books to page 68. We have Professor K. And for the next hour, we want to make you laugh, learn something new, and say, What if this is real talk with the boys? That's how I get up in the morning. <laughs> t-bone the the podcast listeners are robbed by not seeing you uh show your dance moves <laughs> yeah again you know that's why i just keep teasing the live show because then they got to come out and see it live but tbd, you know, I, just TBD. Like to, I like to feel good you know you got to start it off with a good jam in the morning you know all our listeners out there on the air internet and radio waves so what would a live show look like? Would it just be like the four of us are on a table with microphones and then just the audience just watches us? Or is it just interaction with the audience? Oh, Both. Yes. Huh. So if they wanted to yell or say stuff, it would all, again, it's just like how we do it. It's all live on the tape. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like watch huh. Drink Champs. And again, like if we wanted to add the whole fun, fun side to it, it could be an interesting experience. Hmm. Again, think about it. Like we go to Lovelock, check out these giants, right? <laughs> and then we just support the local establishment bar of the town, and you know, do a live show, even if it's just us sitting talking in a corner the talking with our mics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could probably get some interesting stories for the pod. <laughs> They're like, "I'm sorry, you want to do what?" <laughs> no one has said no. No one has like to said do a no. Podcast. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Uh, do we have uh, anything we need to circle back on this week? I don't think I got anything. All I have. I'm not going to sake bomb you guys if we don't need a sake no. bomb it, you know? <laughs> What'd you say, Z? <laughs> Hello? I think the internet is now going down. I think the CIA is back on to us again. Freaking CIA. But, uh, well, anyways, I don't have anything to circle back on, so I'm not going to hit you guys with a circle back, but 
what I do want to get into, if we don't have anything else to get into, well, I'm awkwardly going to stall here because something on my computer closed and I'm going to open it and just kind of not have dead space on the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, talk to us. Oh, yeah. keep going. Dead space sucks. So I was, I'm back. I was testing the waters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I took the I took the football and I ran with it. You know, I'm like, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah you took it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Anyway, so what I want to get into, speaking of podcasts, anyways, right? I think personally, after listening to podcasts for a while, and then all of us, I can say now, I think we're all podcasters. We've done five episodes. This is now episode six. So, like, I think everyone can officially update their Instagram handles. I think Zaddy also needs to add influencer to it. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, if you listen yes. to podcasts, you'll hear people be honest and more so probably say their true thoughts or opinions than you would in other places. Like, especially like more so representatives, politicians, celebrities, like you'll really kind of hear more of their personal thoughts on the matter. Cause I feel like, I don't know, again, I just feel like people feel like that's a safe space, I guess. Or like maybe they just don't think everyone's going to listen to like a three hour long recording of something right but i just want to get your guys' opinions on what you thought about that and then i had a couple audio clips just to kind of show one experience that i had that i think's kind of more so gone viral of like pitbull on drink champs kind of like spitting somewhat truth or his personal opinions on certain things um what do you guys think have you experienced that like i've seen i've had like i mean I've heard Hillary on some stuff where I've heard her talk like more freely about the election than she'd probably talk anywhere else about it. Like, I don't know. Have you guys experienced that as well? I mean, I would think yes, just because there is almost a detachment from like the general population. You're not talking directly to someone. It's literally you talking into uh, a microphone mm. in this situation. Like we, we have kind of video cameras of each other, but that's not always the case with podcasts. So I can I can definitely see why people would feel more comfortable and being more honest in that situation than in person. Especially because it's not live as well, right? Like most of them, they're usually recorded and edited. So then they also maybe feel more comfortable about just unleashing. Yeah, I think that's a good point. One of the podcasts I listened to, Pivot by uh, New York Magazine, check it out. No free ads. Uh, one of the hosts is, <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's definitely a shout out. Scott Galloway <laughs> is a professor at the Stern Business School in NYU. Uh, and he, he, it's funny that you brought this up because they were having that same discussion. They're talking about how like, <clears throat> you know, depending on the media that people consume of his, right? Like whether it's a TV show, an interview, podcasts, whatever, he can sort of tell who they are, what they're listening to based off of their interaction. He said, he was like, if they come and give me like a hug and are like, Scott, I love you. It's like, I instantly know you're listening to the podcast. Like there's some, there's a bit of an intimacy as it relates to podcasting. Cause mm-hmm. I think, like you said, it's, it's more natural. It's more intimate. Like there's something about this audio experience that really gets people um, to share their, you know, general thoughts. Well, looking like look at all the Joe Rogan stuff that he's had and talked about and stuff on his, you know, what fifteen hundred episodes or some crazy shit, whatever number he's up to now. Jeez, Daddy's favorite. <laughs> you know my favorite episode, Elon Musk. <laughs> yes, yes, Daddy, Daddy please. please. <laughs> all right, you guys ready for this? Um, okay, yes. question. Actually, you have a choice. We can either go funny pitbull and then serious pitbull or serious pitbull and funny pitbull. Serious than funny. Yeah. 
All right. I'm kind of expecting the series to be funny, so I'm not sure if there's going to be a difference in my head. I've never seen him serious before. Um, have you heard the song? Which is basically... Huh? <laughs> it doesn't get more serious than that, Prof. K. We're not a constant in this world that we're living in right now, whether it's a pandemic, scandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. And in this day and age, I'm hoping that people see as quick as you get it, it's like dope money. Come quick, leave quicker. So when it comes to this technology, exactly what it is. You got instant gratification thing. You can touch as many people with it as quick as they want to go. They can pull it from you. And right now we're talking about, are we talking about a virus? A virus, that's what we talked about. SIRS, MERS, BIRD, swine, Ebola, now Corona. Like, come on, folks. I mean, you got to really, you got to read the tea leaves, bro. You gotta, the devil's in the details. And with that said is, if you look at the recovery numbers on what we're talking about, I don't know what it is, but I guess the flu went on vacation on this year. Heart attacks went on vacation. vacation this year. Everything went on vacation this year when it came to, I'm talking about, oh, you, you know, what we're going through right now. Right. Okay. And let's just call a spade a spade. And the reason I can have this conversation is because my family comes from communism. They fled communism. They had everything taken away from them. Everybody got murdered. Everybody got killed. And... That's the reason me, being a first-generation Cuban-American, or maybe us, being first-generation Cuban-Americans, I look at freedom and I appreciate that shit. I appreciate opportunity. I appreciate anything that you give me. All I need is a little slip, partner, and I got you. And that comes from the fact that when a Castro took over everything, and I'm looking at what's going on right now, the only person here that's hot, 38 hot. It's Castro. He's going, y'all did it with a virus? Shit. Y'all took over the world with a virus? Y'all gotta be kidding me. We had missiles pointed to the United States of America during the Russian Missile Crisis. During the Bay of Pigs and what they went, went on through. So this shit gets deep. The only thing is, is do you want to realize how deep it is? You know, that's, that's the way I look at this shit. And even going into this, I don't know if y'all know about this, but might as well put it out there, especially in y'all show, because y'all got folks that need this more than anybody. We all need it. There's a, there's a, a rehearsal that went, on, that went on before this whole shit. is called Event 201. October 18th, 2019. This shit came out. It was ran by the John Hopkins University, which is in cahoots with Bill Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation. And this was a complete rehearsal of what we did right now. You can yeah. look at this up. They, they had a patent, to too, just to let them know. They, yeah. they named it. And they had a patent. patent for yeah. coronavirus. From 2004, they, like a patent. A they, patent. They, they named it on it. So therefore, you have a segment where it says, segment financial, what we gonna do? Segment travel, what we gonna do? Segment, what we gonna do when it comes to online? And, and it said, if anybody is not a part of the narrative, we're going to take it off off online, which to me smells like communism. Yeah. So there's a little more to that, but uh, like the next party talks about it. I don't know if you guys remember all the CEOs that resigned beginning of last year, like Disney, Hulu. Um, I forget what other ones he listed, like Microsoft. Um, I mean, now we got Bezos now, but, but this is all last year before the pandemic. But I put in the show notes so our listeners can check it out too. But I put a lot of links to the stuff he was referencing because it is, it's all researchable, real stuff. So me personally, I just feel like that's a clip that's gone around. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but I've seen it a lot on social media everywhere. Just kind of like little clips on YouTube, just like snippets of that. But then when you listen to the full thing, even though it's like three minutes, 
you really get the full context of her, like the beginning and the ending separated from each other. But it's like interesting to hear from his perspective. Just like to me, I always thought a pit bull was some dude who just came into the club scene, got some DJs and just like kind of wrapped over it and just became like super rich. I didn't realize he like was a first generation Cuban American guy came over here. Like he's got like a whole story. Had actual thoughts. <laughs> well, like dealing with drugs. Like, no, he was like a gangbanger. Like this whole story. It's like, he used to be like a battle rapper, like Eminem style type stuff. And in Miami, I was like, it's insane to kind of hear his whole story. So I learned like a, <clears throat> excuse me. I learned a whole lot about him and it was just interesting. But then when he broke down this part, it was just kind of like, I don't know, to me, I was like, you speak it to my heart, Pitbull. Let's preach the truth. So, So uh, when he's talking about all these CEOs stepping down, what was was he saying? They know something that we don't. Well, it's like you get out high and then you buy low. Hmm. Oh, okay. So they retired before the market went down. And then when the market went down during like the shutdowns and they were able to like invest and get more up on their dollar kind of was what he was saying in the last like minute. Is this and this is completely off topic. So I'll, I'll let you go, Zaddy. No, no, sir. Take the bait. Is this the first time that um, Pitbull like had more of a serious conversation? Like, I'm definitely not kind of well followed up on him, but um, yeah, I'm just curious. Again, for me, this is like kind of my first interaction of hearing him more than just kind of like well, because I've like you when I used to work for one of the gaming companies, like casino gaming companies, he was like the face of Playboy. So he was like kind of there at our shows trying to like market off the Playboy, like slot machines and stuff. But he was always super high profile and high maintenance. So I always just kind of thought of him as like kind of a D because I was just like, but like, I get it. He made it to this level. So like, why not get yours? Like, okay, I get that. So like now I have a different level of respect for him because I've just kind of, again, I listened to him for like three hours basically. But it was, again, it's just interesting. But like, I always kind of thought of him as just like, again, that club guy that got into like club music when we were all kind of like getting, you know, 21. And then it was like, now he's some the play the face of like Playboy, and then that's kind of the last I heard of him. Do you think Pitbull's persona of what he illustrates on commercials and through his music automatically shuts down any kind of serious connotation he tries to bring from people who aren't willing to give it a chance? So like the thing that I like about I like listening to this barrier. podcast, well, and again, that's like kind of why I wanted to bring a bunch of clips from it for you guys, because like taking these just out of context, you're right. Like you don't, you're just like, why? Like this dude just spouts off this stuff in like three minutes. Right. It's kind of just like one of those like <clears throat> quick little videos you see, but like, in the beginning he talks about how like he's developed like schools he's built like i don't want to say how many schools because i don't know but he has like his own private school like charter school system that he's developed that they've built for like lower income kids and just like kind of anyone can really apply though but um he talks about all that kind of stuff and getting involved and like growing business and it like kind of evolves from him to that to then they like I, during the whole interview they're like drinking so this is more like two hours in so he's kind of pretty saucy at this point he's just kind of like giving you what, he, what he's feeling but Oh, look, it's snowing. That's cool. Sorry. I guess my question is Squirrel. more so like uh, like that type of uh, thinking, like I think you said it, event 201 or yeah. like the pre-planning stages, like that's, that's, you know, that's a difficult concept for a lot of people to wrap their mind around. Yeah. So, and then you throw Pitbull's voice behind it as trying to explain it. 
Like, does that automatically shut it down for you, Zaddy, from the get-go? So I want to make sure I understand, like, what he was alluding to and what you were summarizing is he's saying, like, it's the powers that be sort of that create these pandemics, right? Or create this whole fever pitch of that this is an issue. Is, is that what you guys are interpreting it as? Yeah, that there's some coordinated effort that it's not necessarily, like... There's just, yeah, there's something behind the scenes, some plan of like some coordination to it. Cause again, yeah. like getting into the just the details to give a little background on event 201, it happened in October 2019. And it was just like, a, it was just one of those like scenarios they do when they play out like a plague or pandemic situations. And they did it like, you know, in New York, ran this whole thing for like a week or something like that. But yeah, okay. No, I He's gotcha. just saying the coincidence of the timing. I, okay, this is my thought. Like, I <laughs> I always appreciate T-Bone's conspiracy theories, and it does make us <laughs> I know, it think, came a little like, early today. It makes us think, like, well, what if? But I, I, I just have a lot of skepticism around, like, all of these ideas that this was all a global plot to reduce the population and have Bill Gates put chips in our bodies. Like, I, I just when I start hearing those sort of, you know, well – they planned it through, you know, this action they did in New York. Like, no, cities and, and governments are doing this so that they don't fuck up when shit happens. Like, this is this is what happens when the government isn't prepared, right? Like, if the um, previous administration had followed the steps that had been in place previously and followed the action and the playbook that they had set up, like, we wouldn't have had this mess. So, I, I wouldn't say it's... Um, Pitbull that gives me uh, any reservations like yeah I probably I'm probably giggling a little bit like all oh, Pitbull um, but I I don't think it's really related to the person that's giving content I I really the one thing I took out of that discussion and I really struggle with and again this is this is their own experience so I can't really speak to it but I can speak to mine like I'm a first-gen American uh, my family's from the Middle East and I always struggle when like we hear these people from you know some of the Latin American countries Cuba and they they sort of reference these communist regimes and say we can't have this here and it's I agree I don't want Castro I don't want um, Maduro but like they they are making this like huge leap from a discussion about medical uh healthcare reform to like the government's gonna kill you like i'm just like <laughs> all right let's take a step back like we're talking about like how do we reduce prescription prices like <laughs> and that's where i get frustrated because they give an easy talking point to some politicians that can be like yeah we don't want to be cuba and it's like no we don't but like we want to not spend so much money on healthcare. <laughs> So that was what my what my focus was. So I'm open to listening to other thoughts, but you know, I, I don't know. I do I do just want to say, T Bone, there was a pause when you were talking about how he was a uh, rep for your company, and you said he was the high, and I was like, oh, so he was high, and then you were like high profile, and I was like, oh. <laughs> well, you I was debating between profile or maintenance. I wasn't sure which one to go, so I said then I said both, but yeah. You have you have great pausing that makes me think like, where are we going? <laughs> I got to keep you on your toes. Absolutely. What about you, Gordo? Where, where are you standing on that? Do you, do you think he legitimizes it? Delegitimizes it? Um, I'm working really hard to remove the uh, initial stigma I get from people's voices from taking away from the message because that's always been a, a struggle for me. So I, I did listen to I didn't listen to the full three hours. I listened to a lot of it. He does have a, you know, a crazy story, like just 
you know, I know we only know him from the party scene and, and mm-hmm. his music, but I mean, the dude is a legitimate businessman. Like he's made mm-hmm. some serious strides. So, um, but as far as, you know, <clears throat> I, didn't, I haven't looked up the event 201 or, or anything like that. Um, so I don't want to immediately, I, I also struggle to um, like put, one and two together when it comes to this kind of situation because people have died and it's just so sad on the on the mainstream whether whether there is a underlying theme that we'll never find out about um as it relates to you know population control or political control whatever the case is i almost don't want to believe that because it's so scary to think like if that was real if that really happened um so i don't know i just I, I respect Pitbull for the business side of what he's doing, um, but even if it wasn't Pitbull, it just it's tough for me to truly wrap my head around the thought that you know the past year has been a plan in the works for years upon end. I God, I, I don't. It's just scary to think about. Did you guys watch the New World Order thing that Tony and I sent you on Instagram? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get into it eventually. Yeah, you guys should watch it. I know it's, it's gonna. You take it, in, take it step by step. You know, maybe yeah. maybe, maybe five minutes by five minutes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Gordo, can I ask which message is that? Because I feel like we said like, is it a week, three months ago, or a day? And even regardless, it's okay. I'll, re- I'll resend it to you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and maybe but, for the listeners, we can put in the show notes as well. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I should be able to add a link to that. I'll figure that out. The one thing I just kind of want to put on the tail end of this is just like, for me, my experience is that like I n- know about this stuff. So hearing him say it, it's like, for me, it's like, oh, like these are real events that are like real facts. Like this isn't like what you're like, I feel like the mix and the kind of conspiracy part of it all. And like you can get into like, this is more, I feel like, psyop type stuff but like when you talk about like bill gates and like the putting chips in people to microchip them like yeah that's the extreme but then we have the reality of like a real event like event 201 that actually happened so like for me he didn't say like bill gates microchipping or any of that stuff he said like event 201 he said like the patents which like people had before listing COVID 19 so it was just like again these like these facts that you see that to me again it's not like conspiracy theory stuff saying oh they're trying to kill all of us or like you know what i mean like so that's like kind of i just want to differentiate the two there because like that's where i feel like the problem is all that gets muddied in so then you don't know what's truth or not right um the other part of it for me is like of course it's scary to think like yes people are controlling everything and it's all just like wonder you know some big like monopoly type game type thing but like for me if you really think about it like all the other stuff i think is more so negligent it's all about money like really at the end of the day, I think it's all economics when it comes to this stuff. So like all of this stuff aside, you always follow the money. I think you kind of usually find the answers on a lot of this, but um, that's just I, what I wanted to kind of differentiate at the end is like what Pitbull talks about are only like, at least what I consider to be facts because those are true real things you can verify. All the other kind of crazy stuff is again, yeah, it's just like where people go, Bill Gates sound funny and he goes, uh, like, you know, so like, they're like, oh, he wants to microchip us because, you know, he created Microsoft and you're just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, like Microsoft that's, yeah, right. Like, I uh, not see it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, I just, that's my thing is I just want to differentiate is like, again, like, and I know it's hard sometimes to listen to Pitbull and some of the stuff that's like kind of going on. And again, they were drinking when he was talking about this, but 
I put this stuff in the show notes so that you can go and look for yourself. I mean, I'm not going to just throw this stuff out you and not have some like stuff to back it up. So you guys want the fun stuff now? I got some really hilarious stuff from his interview to lighten the mood. I really thought that was the funny stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we live in a world of criticizing thinkers. I come from a world of being a critical thinker. I like to listen. I like to look at shit, break it down. And then so when someone gets to talking shit, you go, okay, that's cool. I appreciate that. And I... I acknowledge your opinion, but what about this? And mind you, what I love about this is we can actually have real conversations without the bullshit that's going on in the world right now. But I love to show people, especially in this society, for the bitch-made motherfucking pussy boys, to be honest with you, that instant gratification does not exist. So therefore, to be 15, I've been 20 years in the game. You've been in the game, what, 25? And I'm at Hooters in Coconut Grove with Eddie. He takes me, I'm 16 at the time. And I tell him, nah, I don't need no pussy. He said, you don't need what? He said, now listen to me, partner. You're fucking Cuban. I don't need you to eat pussy. You eat ass. And he told the Hooters, this beautiful girl. He's like, bring me a penny. Episode title, episode title. She's like, huh? a real nigga. Huh? I ain't gonna she said, bring me a penny. I mean, he said, he bring me a penny to her. So she brings a penny and, and he put the penny on the table. That's why I rolled with a penny. Look at the penny I got. Boom, he rolled with a penny. I said, what's that? He said, take that penny and lick it, motherfucker. That's what it tastes like. That's right. Okay. I said, I'm not licking that shit. He oh, said, hey, okay, lick talk- that motherfucking penny. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's what ass tastes like. Is it up? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> So speaking of economics, transition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, all of those clip put like I put all that together just for maybe possible show titles. So sorry. Um, you know, I, I think one thing that we've kind of all been more aware about is kind of the housing situation. Um, you know, all of us are from like the same area, but I think the U.S. as a whole is kind of seeing the impacts of not only COVID, but kind of, I don't want to say post-COVID, but kind of the later effects of COVID as well. So uh, there was a lot of reports that have been coming out looking at the housing market. And some places, like, the prices are just skyrocketing like crazy. So I know for, like, the Reno Sparks area, when looking at overall, like, housing supply for the range of less than 300000 there's only a five-day supply when they're normally... A, a good range is supposed to be around a six-month supply of inventory. And as the price range goes higher, there's more and more supply or higher inventory, but still a very, very uh, short uh, number as a total. So I think as of January, the median price that was sold in the Reno Sparks area or the Reno area was $500,000. And when you think about like the general population that lives in this community, like that's pretty unaffordable for the majority of the population. And so when it comes to um, ensuring that there's affordable housing that's available, I think it just gets really complicated. So I just want to get your guys' thoughts of, like, if you guys have seen something similar or if um, this is not like a situation that you're not seeing in the communities that you're living in. Or if you have solutions. I think I, I love solutions as well, but I'm sure if they haven't solved it, then we can't solve it maybe. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Oh, no, we have the answer. We have the answer. And I'll, <laughs> I'll solve it real quick. <laughs> no, I, I will say just um, given my my career, I've gotten a chance to live in a lot of different states over the couple of years and different areas w- ranging from um, um, 
large metropolitan areas to smaller towns. And I would say in every area I've seen, there is a housing crisis as it, as it relates to supply and demand. And I think it's just a matter of how can we um, really reinvent the idea of housing availability. Um, one thing you talked about, Prof K, is the, the affordable housing crisis. And, and one of the things I hate that comes in with that discussion is is the immediate like and and I think it's inappropriate regardless but the immediate um mindset of we're talking about poor people like first and foremost we're talking about housing so everyone can afford it um I I think there is a a large conversation of why is housing not available to poor people but when we say affordable housing we're talking about for every range of income. You know, I think for the most part, we're all fortunate to be in, you know, middle class uh, and, and financially stable. And, you know, buying a house in, in today's markets is challenging. Like I, even even with my financial security, I don't think I have the, the means to purchase a house. With that, I would say just a matter of re, rethinking policy. Like our government no longer thinks long-term, right? Like after the GI bill, like they built suburban areas throughout the US meeting demand while also maintaining a reasonable supply. So I think that's one of the areas too. And and I think housing affordability is one of those challenging areas because we can always get into different areas as in like NIMBYism, like not in my backyard. There are just so many layers around housing affordability that really um, caused impact. So fundamentally, build more houses. That's the solution. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) So one thing that I noticed and I want to maybe bring for next week is a clip on like the landlord crisis is what they kind of were saying is like the fear that like they've paused rent for how long they've had a rent moratorium in certain places for how long, like, is all that going to be due or people going to owe that to their landlords? These landlords have been not collecting that. Like there's this whole thing that I feel like people aren't really talking about. And I heard this kind of interesting, it was like Soledad O'Brien. I don't know if you guys know her or not. Um, she's, did this nice Ooh, investigative piece onto it. I, love um, Dad. I was with it. I was like, no, this is crazy. Like I haven't thought about it from that perspective. And it's just kind of like, what's going to happen when all these people get evicted and you know what I mean? Is it going to be like, like you're kind of saying right now, there might be a shortage of housing, but like oh, yeah. once all these people can't pay rent or pay back rent, is there going to just be a boom of available, you know, things or landlords going to then have to sell because they can't pay their stuff. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like there could be a huge cascading effect uh, and then uh, that completely changes where we're currently at in the market. I don't remember, but the moratorium ends and the end of this month as of now, correct? I think so. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I was kind of like. Cause I heard the sure story a few weeks state, ago, right? but yeah, that's true. State. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, like my parents, uh, for their second home, they rent that out right now. And fortunately they have, um, really good tenants that live there. So they've been keeping up with everything, but uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine what would happen if they weren't in that situation and they had to continue paying like the mortgage for that, for that second home. Well, so. the, uh, so we're in the process of trying to buy a home or we were anyways. And every, so we would generally see like, you know, maybe five or six houses, on a Saturday and on a Sunday and literally every realtor would tell us, um, you know, Hey, just see, no, uh, there's like, there's, there's eight or 10 offers on this house. Two of them are cash offers coming from California, you know, and as a first time home buyer, you're like, well, how do I compete with that? You know, I mean, I'm here with, you know, 30 year conventional, there's no way I have 20% down. So, 
it's just crazy out there. And, and, and that's why it's curious to me, like when you say, um, Tony or T-Bone, like what happens when the moratorium's over? I truly think there's going to be, there's so many buyers right now that I think if, uh, if, if a seller wanted to get rid of their house, it, these houses are going like in a matter of three or four days, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Right? I've never seen it like this. And so, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, and I don't know if your real realtor can share this, and, and this is my lack of knowledge as it relates to real estate. Like when they say it's a cash offer, like, are you are you able to get any of Like, I'm like, is it Jeff Bezos? Like, is he buying a house? Who are these people that are just here? Like, I got 500K to blow. Where well, do I sign? I don't well, know. Yeah, that's a good, but what I, I always wonder that too, but a lot of these buyers that come from California where a 1,400 square foot home is selling for six hundred and fifty, seven hundred thousand dollars and so they make that profit and then they come in for a house uh, and you know okay that makes more that yeah i don't know math clearly <laughs> <laughs> i will say i think it is a topic that t-bone had mentioned that we should come back to as it relates yeah, to i agree the um rent moratorium and i think just the pandemic overall whereas like some of the solutions that the government implemented long term looking at it now we're not thought through all the way and i think we could really get <laughs> yeah you owe one year rent like you're like wait what <laughs> i mean yeah and i'll bring the clip and um one thing that i just want to say in kind of contrast like compared to reno is i feel like people are fleeing cities and trying to come to like our kind of more like city rural areas i don't know i've been looking in boston and like you can get people are like pretty much offering free rent for the first few months just to move in if you put a down payment like they people are like it just seems like apartments there there are people desperate who need just tenants so i'm just seeing it It seems like also there's like sounds like there was an exodus in new york i don't know about san francisco so i don't know if the east coast is different than the west coast but um i'm kind of curious again to look like national what that's also going to affect as far as like again i feel like it's all kind of tied together but and post pandemic that will definitely be really interesting yeah no the yeah it'll be curious because like who's going to be affected is it like landlords and like the upper middle class or is it going to be like lower middle class landlords is this going to have like a huge cascading effect like i'm kind of very curious i'm glad you brought this up professor k you always know what i want to talk about (laughs) oh anytime um so yeah i I think (laughs) i agree i think we should definitely talk about this as uh (laughs) as this kind of month comes to an end and um just see what happens yeah, no. Sophia is working the phones to you, and I think we might have someone pretty soon. No, do it live! Oh man, she's so mean to them. Do it live! Oh god. <laughs> she's the billow, billow the clown of real talk. She's got the headset with like the little mic, and she's like, "You suck! You're fired! Get out of here!" Next one in, like, <laughs> how dare you grab a donut leaving here? Like, <laughs> you put that down. So, so, is Sophia really into like history and stuff? Like, does she really relate to Billow that way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Loves Billow. Loves the classics. <laughs> Loves getting a little Sean Hannity in in the evening. <laughs> Did she fall asleep to the uh, soothing sounds of Tucker Carlson? Oh, God. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I can't. Uh, we got a future Nevada governor right there, then. <laughs> you know, speaking of governors, man, Florida, I'm with it. 
dude is killing it for me right now. I need to bring more clips. I need. I've I've talked about it, but yeah, man, DeSantis for twenty twenty four. I'm with it. That or uh, what's the South Dakota governor? Um, I don't know, but I agree. (laughs) But for very, I think think it's yeah. No, I know. (laughs) You all know why. (laughs) Her story is interesting. I will give you that. Like she did not do a good COVID response, and DeSantis is a fucking clown. I will say, I don't know, I don't know if any of you, open. I don't know if any of you saw the GQ article about Andrew Gillum. Uh huh. He is an interesting person, and you know he's he's dealing with some stuff, but yeah, maybe not the best uh, person to have been the Democratic nominee for governor in Florida. I'll I'll be sure to include the the article. I think it's just an interesting topic. You know, it's a it's a he has a different lifestyle for, than most most of us in this call. All of us in this call. <laughs> if you read it and then you hear most of us, who's into that? <laughs> Are you trying to tell us something? Yeah, T-Bone's got a fetish. (laughs) That's how misinformation spreads, guys. And I just... I'm sorry, no, say that one more time. I want to make sure the listeners hear that clearly. Uh, That's how misinformation spreads and we're spreading some misinformation? Yeah. (laughs) It's like war is peace. <laughs> I, you know, Sophia does really great at managing the back house, but I will say sometimes she sort of drops the ball on these on these muffins, right? True, I have to have a muffin. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think she likes to take care of herself first, right? Priorities. The we might have a mystery caller, right? Sophia's saying there might be somebody in the waiting room. Oh, it sounds like yes. All right, it looks like. They're sending over the call, sending over the lines. Hello, uh, caller, caller number 11. You're live on Real Talk with the boys. Hi. Hello. Do you want to tell us your name and uh, where you're calling from? (laughs) My name is Vivian and I'm calling from Reno. Nice. How is it? Long time listener of the pod. Of course, since the very beginning. Woo! Nice. <laughs> I hear it's snowing out in Reno. Are you are you enjoying the winter weather? I I'm enjoying it, but I'm inside and I don't oh. have to go anywhere, so it's nice. Beautiful to look at, not to deal with, right? Yes. <laughs> Where are you guys? All over the coastal US. <laughs> We're a bunch of coastal elites. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, Gordo, I just do you want to explain good. the rules to uh, Vivian? Welcome, caller. So here's the rules. Um, we're going to play a mystery sound for you. And if you get the answer correct as far as what the mystery sound is, then we will be donating to a charity of your choosing. However, if you get the call, if you get the guess wrong and you have three guesses and you also have two hints, and after those three guesses and two hints, you still don't get it correct, we will also be donating to the charity <laughs> of your choosing. So, good luck. Sounds good. Oop. Oop, we lost our mouse. Sorry. Oh, there we go. All right. Let's hit it. 
like this could be multiple things. <laughs> well, you only have three guesses. <laughs> and two heads. Okay. <laughs> Creaking steps. That's good, but no. Would you like to listen to it again or a hint? A hint. It's a piece of furniture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll listen to it again. Are there people on the furniture? There could be. <laughs> okay. Um, is it a rocking chair? Wow. Oh my God! <laughs> Did I get it? Yeah. <laughs> you win. did it. You won, caller. You got that. Yeah. I'm glad I got it because my next guest is, I don't know if I could say it on here. Yeah, that's why I want it. That's why I wanted it. <laughs> I got the second option first. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Good job, caller. Where would you like the donation to go? Which charity? Oh, gosh. Um, I would like it to go any any charity? Anyone you want. Any charity. Um I would like it to go to the Center for Exceptional Children. Ooh. Vivian, would you mind sharing what that is? Uh yeah, so it's just uh basically an organization that um helps children who are exceptional so they need children who have um, disabilities or delays or um, and their families so it's a large organization so it's composed of family members the individuals um, impacted by the disabilities or the delays and it's also composed by professionals hoping to make changes in that area in that field. That sounds like an amazing yeah, organization. Awesome. Thank you for selecting that. Well, thank you guys for donating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for subscribing. Tell your friends. Rate and review. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right. We'll thanks, thanks caller. Thank you, caller. Bye. <laughs> I, I just want to say we all were dumbfounded. Like, I, there was a literal pause no, of I, like, what? I was totally expecting what? the other answer. <laughs> I wasn't expecting her to just get it right. We should offer the double down option. Ooh, double or nothing. I you know yeah. I, I'm sort of oh. scared for my financial well-being. <laughs> no, I know. Same. Well, I think maybe once we open it up to where people can help us contribute, maybe we can double down. But uh, well, and I, I do think it's worth noting too. Vivian broke the the streak of uh, losses. This is we're now back at getting the mystery sound right. So way to go. This is uh, true. Hopefully that's good luck for the next caller for next week. We did um, have a losing streak going there for a while. Oh, it was a little I rough. <laughs> I feel like Z, your your hints are usually very difficult, but oddly very fair. And I feel like it, you could always go multiple ways. So I thought that was that was good. 
Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm here to sabotage them. <laughs> but I want to sort of segue back into our conversation as it relates to housing. Uh, I swear we do not plan this, right? You know, we all come with our own topics, but we really this week have had very similar themes. Um, what I wanted to talk about is sort of like, related to pop culture. There's this phenomenon going in, you know, our, our favorite city of San Francisco. Um, there is this artist yeah. known as, <laughs> there's this artist, Danielle Baskin, and she's been doing this sort of interesting um, art project where <laughs> she is putting verified check marks on houses, right? So they're giving they're giving the, the verification of like, this is a verified house. And, and again, it was really more of just like an art purpose and it's now become like a thing people want to do and like what i find most interesting about this is that like three thousand dollars like i support her in hustling and being able to get uh people to spend that much for for a piece of art that i'm really like i think we could go to michael's and get the same result so like i would just be curious would you all be down if you owned a house or you could put it on your your rental property would you verify it and I, I, I want to caveat that. Would you do it if it was three thousand dollars or if it was fifty dollars? What does that mean, real quick, Zaddy? What yeah, I have that question. Mean? So you know, for those of us that use our uh, social media platforms, like um, the evil company of Facebook, uh, most uh, celebrities and high-profile individuals will have blue check marks indicating that they are a certified person right you know we have some you know barrio may have a couple uh instagram handles but there's only one true barrio um and and that's what they're that's what our art piece is doing as it relates to these houses like she's verifying that this is in fact a a house and you know the initial art project was more centered towards you know well-known folks but like there is a demand for just general people in the bay area like yeah, I want I want my house to be verified. And again, I like I laugh at it. I think like the the uh, pop culture, the the zeitgeist. I just use that to sound smart um, of of people wanting to do it. It sounds fun, but like when you see the price tag, it's it's. Where do people find that your house is verified? Like, is there a platform that she's created? Does she have a website? You know that I'm not 100% sure. I think they're coordinating with her. Like they're requesting this art project from her and they, and she posts, she creates this blue check mark that they can then display on their house. Right. You know, so as you drive by and we'll pull, we'll include it in the show notes. So like people can see it, it includes some of the, the, uh, houses for example um but i just think it's funny i think first and foremost i find it hilarious but i'm i'm definitely curious for you all if you if you own a house or rent a house if you could um would you do this and you know would what would be your restraints like if it was 50 bucks would you do it if it was three thousand dollars would you do it where, where do you fall I am like confused almost. So I, I just pulled up, like I just Google search kind of verify house blue check mark. And it's literally what you said, just a blue check mark. And so I feel like on like Twitter or some of these other platforms with the, the, the validation, the verification, they kind of specify who the individual is. But in this case, it's still anonymous. So mm-hmm. what does it really, I, I guess, give to the purpose. person who, yeah, yeah, what's the purpose behind it? Oh, there, there is no purpose. It's, uh, 
cachet. It's like, look at my house. I'm verified. Like it, it's, it's social status, right? Like, I mean, that's what public records are for. That's, that's my verification. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I think, you know, just people in, you know, I think. Right. General young professionals, you see a blue check mark, you know what that means, right? Like any platform you see it, um, it, you're like, oh, that's a verified person. So it's sort of just like a funny thing to have the verified houses. And and it's just funny to hear that people are now wanting it, right? Like, like I said, it was initially an art project that she was just doing. And now it's escalated to be people being, being like, oh yeah, I want this on my house. And it, again, $3,000. Like, I'm just like, this is totally a, a Michael's project. Like so, 10 bucks, pop it up, done. Question. Is it trademark and or copyrighted yet? Uh, it has to be. Oh, do you mean, should we, should we start selling this uh, service uh, <laughs> yeah. at a reasonable rate? I, I mean, you know, when I think about it, we just hire artists <laughs> in the local area and pay them half the price to do it. And we pocket the other half. I, I, I really think it's a matter of, you know, getting a 3D printer and just doing it ourselves and shipping it out, right? <laughs> 50 bucks per per blue verified, you hang it yourself, right? Like the installation costs are on you, but you're getting the you're getting the product. Yeah, um, but would, what do you guys think? I would pass on this. I, I feel like I could <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I could spend three thousand dollars on something much more usable. I mean yeah. yeah I, I, I think I think if there was something I would get in like in return, like if it increased the value of my home, if there's for some reason provided extra safety, then I could have some kind of argument of why I would want it. But as it's still like it it takes away safety, like Mm -hmm. people are going to know what your house is. And I was going to say, yeah, because then does it become like a pin on a map? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. So maybe if they pay me three thousand, I'll put it on. Ooh, like advertising. I like where profit is at. Yeah. Would you do it, Zaddy? I think for like, not for the price, right? Like, as you as you can tell, I thought about it. I'm like, why would you spend that much? Like, I think it's sort of like a quirky thing, like you could do on your own. And when you, you know, at some point in the future where people can come to your house, like they'd be like, oh, what's that check mark? And you can tell them this story, right? Like you can share, you're like, oh, some artist in the Bay Area did it. I thought it'd be funny to throw it out there i did it i did a michael's project with the kids right you know i think that could be fun but like i would not spend three thousand or fifty dollars like if i wasn't doing it for like a fun activity i wouldn't do it all right fair enough like i said we'll include it in the share notes i'll i'll let my uh coastal elite friends know uh <laughs> us in real america do not support their uh their idea of home verification we will find you (laughs) that's what i hear from that (laughs) what's your topic um i didn't have one this week boys i just kind of wanted to uh kind of listen in on on more observation week it's a busy week so i wasn't really too prepared on any one thing. I know the Giancarano thing drops somewhat later in the week that um, I might table for next week just to get more discussion around it. Um, I saw that Prof K shared that the Daily Wire has uh, hired her to make a movie. Um, I also saw that cancel Disney Plus was trending on a lot of social media. Yeah. But I'm like, come on, WandaVision just dropped. You're about yeah. to drop. I need to see Falcon. the end. I'm sorry. Raya's coming out next month. I'm not I'm not getting rid of this shit. 
<laughs> have you guys watched that trailer yet? Like that yes. movie looks uh, great. It looks good. It looks really good. I'm excited for that. I'm going to tell people I'm watching it with Sophia when I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, no, I've watched there's it 11 a, times a, just because I'm forced to. Like, Did you see there's like a... Um, I don't know what the word's called, like a family sharing option on Disney Plus. Like you guys can watch the movie at the same time together. Ooh. Yeah, it's like a video call like this, but yeah. the movie's in the background. Yeah. Oh, wait, you can see the person watching it? No, no, you guys just watch it. Oh, like, okay. The movie's playing at the same time. You guys are uh, I haven't seen that. FaceTime I've, I've seen the one where it's like this, but the movie's playing on the screen too. Oh, so I okay. think um, just for a heads up, I'm going to bring the Gina Carano conversation next week as I get more information on it. But this week I just wanted to sit back and listen. And I'm really excited well, to talk about WandaVision. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Uh, I think it's going to be... Don't censor me, Zeddy. <laughs> <laughs> Our yeah. boy Ben Shapiro, he's working on a Smells like communism. <laughs> So with that, do we want to get into our, our our movie night with the boys? Let's do it. All right. Play that clip, T-Bone. Where? Play that clip, T-Bone. <laughs> Not in the movie. Forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror. I will learn all that I can. I These ain't no terrorists. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. Gordo, this was your recommendation. Uh, what what were your takeaways after watching it? Um, it was sad. You know, I think it was, uh, I think that was the overall theme that I got from it. Just, you know, you talk about how divided of a country are now, you know, and then just to look back at what it was like then, it was just sad. You know, it was, uh, you know, admirable, admirable I think also on, on Fred Hampton's part as far as, um you know, just to have that much passion, um, you know, at such a young age for, for, uh, an overall theme and, and just kind of message that he was trying to bring to the people. Um, and just, I guess, to understand that and grasp that such a young age is pretty admirable. Um, but yeah, I think overall it was just sad, just super sad to see, you know, how a man could be, just used by the government for such evil. Um, I don't know. It just, it was just sad. You know, I'm, I'm glad we watched it, especially for black history month. And just to see that insight, um, because, you know, you read about the black Panthers and I know this was, a, this was a movie, but I just think there was, it just shows, you know, the, that this, you know, what Fred Hampton was trying to do back then. It's still in a lot of ways, still trying to be achieved right now. Um, but yeah, just sad. Good movie, I thought, but but sad. On a scale of one to five, where 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 do you rank it? 
I thought we were at 10. I thought we were yeah. at 1 shit. to 10 last week. <laughs> the beers are getting to me, boys. The beers are getting to me. <laughs> 1 to 10, yeah, where do you rate it? I said last week. We have so many damn rating scales. One movie's 3.7 out of 5, and then it's a 3.7 hey, out of 10. If I don't have a drink in me, I, it's, it's, it's on a scale of 10. If I have a couple beers in me, it's a scale of 5, baby. <laughs> um, I would give this one a 7.7. 7. I liked it. It was good. Yeah, I, I would give I would give it a stamp of approval as a, as a watch, especially in you know Black History Month. This it's it, it's a well deserved watch. I was really surprised to find out that Fred Hampton was 21 years old when he died. I know, crazy. Like when I put Super that in young. perspective of kind of what we were doing when we were 21. That <laughs> don't, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we were starting different kind of revolutions <laughs> <laughs> that involve fish bowls, baby. <laughs> What kind of blew my mind was the ending, all the information they put about the guy, the informant who ended up like, once the story came out in the nineties, ended up like kind of taking his own life like that. That was super sad. It just kind of like, to me, was it like, like the whole time I, like you could see through the movie, I felt like they did a good portrayal of like showing his internal struggle between the two. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, like, I feel like just that ending, it's again, it's just kind of like all those years he lived with it, especially after even he stopped. And then like, then it's just once he told the story, then he kind of like was like, I don't know. I just, I had like kind of, it just rubbed me wrong when I heard that. That's how that guy did it. You know, it was just like, you were, again, it was like the title was very fitting. He was very much so Judas. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, and just like, after you watch it, you get it. You're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That whole same idea. So it's like, that kind of was was like mind blowing. It was sad with like the end scene there where they're they're having like the get together and mm-hmm. he gives him the drink and he's just sleepy and yeah that was that was brutal. I mean, I, like it's not a horrible way to go, I guess, because at least he was like out, but like still, that's just dirty. Well, I think what was the worst part was that last um, where they the the end credits there where they were telling you how like one bullet was fired from the black panthers and like 99 from yeah. the people that came in but seven of them got charged with attempted murder and mm-hmm. that's just that's so bad that's so yeah. sad i think that the parallels or the contrast they provide between the the character that played fred hampton and bill o'neill where fred hampton kind of saw the bigger picture and was trying to push the overall um like position but Bill O'Neill's character was more so self-centered and trying to focus on himself and trying to get the greatest good for himself so he didn't have to go to jail or prison for mm-hmm. like five plus years. But by doing that, he undermined kind of all the work that Fred Hampton yeah. was working on. So I think you can kind of see how they're both not celebrated because I think Bill O'Neill wasn't at all, but right. he was kind of villainous throughout the entire movie. But that was kind of a consequence of the actions that he had and the double life he was living. I like yeah. how they what do you think, Zaddy? I I mixed feeling. I, I think it is a good movie to watch. Like I would yeah. say to get historical context and get information around it. I, I definitely recommend it. But I think as you guys have recognized, I love to zone out in movies. Like I don't like to think in this movie just brought up a lot of thoughts, emotions, ideas. Um, I I think it, again, gives good historical context and and understanding. One of the things that I 
I, I think one, like we talked about, like the fact that he was 21, I think, I think the, the actor that they had great actor, you know, he's in get out uh, black Panther, but I'm like, he, it made me think, I'm like, Oh, this is like a 40 year old man. Like he's yeah. been through some shit. He knows things. And I'm like, I was such a piece of shit at 21 <laughs> the shit at now. And so that's like the one thing, like I was, it was a lot of internal reflection, but I think similar to what Prof Kate was saying, I think, there are some similarities to what's going on today. And I, I, I found it interesting because, you know, I think depending on where you stand in the, you know, the political sphere, I think you, you may have a different perspective on the uh, history and present day. And I really was finding myself having that sort of internal discussion. Um, but I definitely think it's, it's worth a watch. Um, I would love to wear one of those berets. It's like, can I pull that off? Like, I like, I, I was like, man, these berets are like a big thing in the sixties. Like, should I get one? <laughs> like if I, if I had to rate it, I, I would say on my scale of one to 10, I'd put it at a five, but I would give it a stamp of approval. I would say, I think it's a must watch, but it's something that I'm not necessarily like it. I, I wouldn't watch it like out of interest. Right. I probably won't watch it again, but I'm right. glad I, I understood it. What would you give it? Uh, Prof K. I would probably give it, I, I think there's a lot of similarities kind of with what Z was saying. I'd probably give it maybe a 6.0 or 6.9. T-Bone? Yeah, I was thinking like probably around 7. My thing is I just wish they showed more of the FBI stuff a little bit more, especially like I was telling Zaddy this a while ago, like Herbert Hoover. There's a whole story about how he's actually like part like african-american and he has this whole history of like how he pretty much like passes being white and pretty much hated black people twice as hard because of that because he kind of self-hated himself i'll uh, try to bring that for a circle back next week for a sake bomb but i just wish they showed a little bit more of that fbi stuff because it's just crazy how they were like on all these little cells and like trying to really stamp these people out because it wasn't just him it was like all over the u.s you know like with huey p newton and all those other kind of characters that right. they showed as well so it's just like there's a bigger picture but I, again i really liked it so i'd say yeah seven long-winded way of saying seven <laughs> good can we uh transition to the best part now oh let's go we're talking about tenant again <laughs> Oh, I'm always, so ready. Always. Oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm ready to dive back into that. What's it? A pincer move? We'll pincer move that baby. Um, no, I'm about WandaVision. Let's get into it. It was a craziness this week. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I know nothing, but I know everything. I don't know. I feel like we need our own like WandaVision intro song because of how excited we get. Ooh, Do we have time. like the WandaVision intro? Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't care. I, I, I will just say, like, like, I don't know if you guys have the same thought every time you watch an episode, but I'm like, episode one was a rock them. All right. (laughs) Episode one was garbage. (laughs) Like, let's scrap it. It does not exist. Because I'm just like, I I, like, I don't know. I I just, I look back and I'm like, man, WandaVision is such a fucking good show. And I'm just like, I I remember episode one and I was like, this is a fucking stupid show. Like what was this week's? It was like Malcolm in the Middle, right? Yeah, yeah. I loved that whole feel. Like that was fantastic. So I still uh, don't get the Patreon thing, but let's go down the road. Prof K, initial thoughts. 
Let me digest that for a second. Um, I did enjoy the episode. I'm still a huge fan of when directors and the cinematographers kind of adjust the the screen ratio depending on like the generation. So like as we're getting to more recent periods, like now we have more landscape, a 16 by, 16 by nine um, screen versus like the four by threes from earlier. So I, I really love that they pay attention to like really great detail as they're working on this. Um, I am curious of where they're going to go in the, I think there's two more episodes left, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do. Allegedly. I'm always like. For this oh, season. Right, right. I heard there's maybe a secret episode that might get dropped as a surprise, but anyways, oh. continue. I'm always a little hesitant when they, when it comes to TV shows, because there is a tendency to sometimes put in filler content to either reach the full hour or the whatever timestamp they need or to kind of just get more viewership. And so I think there were a few parts where it was almost a little stretched where I was like, it it was the, I forget their names, but the, the lady from the Thor movies and the guy from Ant-Man, them, Mm -hmm. um, their scenes, I feel like was a little bit, a little underwhelming at some points. And I don't know. But beyond that, I really liked the episode. I, I, you know, I, I didn't really, I didn't read the comics growing up or anything, but I, I did recognize Scarlet, which is outfit, and I'm sure that was vision from like the comic book as well. So, mm-hmm. um, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it, and I think it's like a, a nice weekly tradition that we do, like within our household, that, and it kind of helps us relax come like Friday afternoon after kind of a full work week. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Daddy. Oh, I fucking loved it. I fucking That's what I wanted to hear. It. Let's go, boys. Let's fucking go. I I, I love how Prof K is like, yeah, this is something I'm I know. Is Prof K is giving his his reviews like, God, dude, I need I need an intense answer. <laughs> well, also like, and I, and I shared this with T Bone yesterday. Like, I couldn't sleep on Thursday, so I was up around one thirty, and I was like doing the math. I was like, if it's dropping at three a.m. Eastern time, I'm one. Oh my god, it's available! So I watched it, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and like Prof K, I, I feel like we usually agree on everything. I was like, man, I would have fucking killed for a full hour. Like, why did they only give me 30 minutes? Like, I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> so I, oh, I I will say, like, I'm really interested in seeing the dynamics with Pietro and uh Wanda. Cause it's it like I just don't understand. Like, I'm like, because it seems like sh- you know, as, as we're learning more and more, she's controlling everything, but like there are some things that she has limited control, right? Like vision. And it Mm -hmm. seems like Pietro is another area Mm -hmm. that she has limited control. So I'm just curious to see how is that going to play into it? But, Oh God, I'm just like fucking drop all of them. Let me watch this. (laughs) Stop teasing me. I can't handle it. Oh, it's so good. What'd you think T-Bone? Oh, yeah. No, Sam, I loved it. I mean, every week I'm just like, I mean, I just find Professor K's comments a little funny because I feel like last week everyone's kind of saying we want more sword. So then they gave you more sword and it's like, I don't want this. I want other stuff. But (laughs) I like again, I I found all of it great. I mean, it was a little boring with that. I wanted more of the WandaVision stuff, like finding like seeing what happened to Vision was just like it was just again, it just kind of provided us with information like he, you know, he is dead or not really existing, but he is within that realm. But then at the same time, that one lady's blood was changing mm-hmm. so like 
like you said, I feel like it's, I don't know, I'm torn on the idea if it's Wanda or not Wanda. Like, yes, Wanda can control stuff in there, but something else is changing things and happening. And I'm kind of curious, again, if it's just like some alter multidimensional thing. Again, with the teases of people who might be showing up, it's like, I don't know, who knows? This is getting like really weird and crazy, but the do whole you think we're, flashing to dead stuff is like, I'm also very like, I don't get it, but. Do you think we're going to see a blockbuster Avenger character in these final two episodes? Ooh. I think I in the see. final one for sure. Yeah, but I don't I think know. That's a, that's a good. Maybe thought. like an intro to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Maybe not like a, a Steve Rogers, but like one of the guys that are doing the next series, right? That when could does be Falcon a good release? Intro. Isn't that it's like month, next right? month? I was yeah. it's pretty soon. Yeah. So the oh, last shit. episode of WandaVision will be February twenty sixth, right? Like two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, then maybe that's actually a really good point. When you think about it, too, you need to wrap up this episode ideally. So who's powerful enough to handle what is now basically a multi-dimensional cube? Like, you know, the thing expanded. It was like, so like, I don't know. You need some Avenger level hey, type you know, stuff for this. <laughs> for those of us that have watched Game of Thrones, we know one season doesn't fucking wrap shit up. All right, we. I feel like they're gonna pull no, a true, fucking like, true. let's get you to think where we're going. I, I will just, I do, and I, and Gordo, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm stealing the, I'm stealing the talking stick, but I, I just want to highlight two <laughs> things. Exciting. One, uh, Prof K, I'm sorry we're all yelling at you and telling you you're wrong. <laughs> and two, I love the fact that we're all sort of getting things right because like when Vision again this is spoilers you all should know this at this point like when he was stepping out I was like oh he's dead he's dead but I'm like what if he's not dead what if he's alive oh my god and then I like felt very satisfied that I knew it I was like oh okay I got something right in the series it's gonna be crazy to see what characters are gonna be like doing now that she expanded yeah yeah that's a good point. And I will say once again, I did enjoy the episode, but I, I like to always bring up both. Redeem yourself. Things. Redeem yourself. Okay. My biggest thing, one thing I always hate Shame. in a movie, uh, in a movie when they do like, or a show, like a hacking scene, they're like, I just need to hack this. And then it takes yeah. like two seconds. I'm like, that does not happen like that. Garbage. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I feel that. Yeah. When she's like, oh, I need one more thing to get into the super secure, ultra uh, secret access files. You're like, okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> don't hate on Darcy because you can't do that, Tebow. I just can't wait to see her in in uh, Westview. I'm like, is she well, gonna still also, be Darcy? That's what I was gonna say. Like, what kind of D handcuffs her to the the car and then just leaves her? Like, without the keys? Uh, I don't know. I was just like, I mean, I know it's just for the agent. story, but <laughs> yeah, I guess. I was like, I know this is for the story, but I was like, that's so rude. <laughs> Okay, Gordo, again, I'm sorry that I'm taking the stop talking stick back. I just have one other thing as it relates to, like, looking at government. I just am, like, watching the movie or the movie or the, the cinematic universe. I'm like, you know what? What this, this show shows that the government can be organized. I'm like, that fucking shit is a lie. Like, if any of us have seen anything in this last year, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're not organized. Like, they built a fucking city right outside of Westview. I don't know. Like, we can't even figure shit out now. That, like, has been the last couple of days. Like, every time I see it, I'm like, they put this up overnight and we're fucking all still in our houses. <laughs> Sorry. Take the stick, Gordon. Take the stick. Westview is COVID free, Zaddy. <laughs> it doesn't exist in that universe. Take me there. Too funny. All right. So for next week, do we want to do a vote? Do we want to? Tebow, I think you said you had a recommendation. What, what was the movie? 
It's called The Babysitter. The it's on babysitter. Netflix. Ooh, babysitter okay. on Netflix. Yeah. Let's do it. Babysitter next week, and then I think I got a I got one for the following week. All right, perfect. Is it a Netflix movie like produced yeah. movie or oh, okay. um, yeah, I think it's one? Netflix produced. Is this the one from 2017 or, tw- or 1980? I'm sure 2017, but... 1980 is a good movie. I think the 2017. Okay. I think it's the same premise. I'm sure it's a remake, but... Yeah. Prof K, watch both. Like Give a... us your take. Ooh, that's, that's, that's rough. Uh, yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Relax. Friday know. afternoon, you know, unlined. <laughs> I didn't know there was a 1980s film. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I would say watch the... I, I was interested in watching the 2017 one, so... Okay. Just so our viewers know which one to watch as well. Yeah. I was going to say, I can play the trailer now, but we're just going to do that next week. So, yeah. All right. Are you guys ready um, to get, uh, do we have any entertainment news? I mean, we kind of talked about the Gina thing, but I don't think we want to get into it until next Next week. week, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's going to be more information coming out this upcoming week as well. It was just so, I feel like a rushed article that I I feel like there's going to be more stuff that we can talk about. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into this then. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, it probably should have been switched my Pitbull clip in this clip, but it is what it is. So all of it's just don't trust big daddy government. They were told they'd get treated for their bad blood. Instead, hundreds of poor black men became participants unknowingly in a shocking and truly shameful chapter of American medical history. In 1932, the United States Public Health Service launched an unethical research project to examine the effects of untreated syphilis. The project was called the Tuskegee Study because it recruited 600 black men living in Tuskegee, Alabama. Researchers told the men that they were being treated for bad blood, a term used locally to describe anything from fatigue to anemia. They promised the men free medical treatment if they participated. While two-thirds of the men in the study were confirmed to have syphilis, not one received proper treatment for the disease they had contracted. So this was a study in which there was no consent on the part of those who who were being studied, also deception on the part of the U.S. government. When penicillin became the recommended treatment for syphilis in the 1940s, Tuskegee researchers scandalously withheld the drug from the men in the study so that they could continue to chart the course of the disease when untreated. Many patients experienced damage to their vital organs and nervous systems, and for some, the lack of treatment led to death. The great shame of the study is that the men thought that they were being treated. Treatment was withheld from them, even after it was very clear what kind of medical treatment would cure them of syphilis. In 1972, an Associated Press article exposed the Tuskegee study after one of the participants brought the story to a civil rights attorney. Only then, after 40 years, was the study brought to an end. The case was settled out of court for $10 million. This long history of medical experimentation on African-Americans creates a sense of distrust, uh, a distrust of doctors and physicians, a distrust of medical care. In 1997, 
President Bill Clinton formally apologized to the victims of the study. The president's apology was a welcome first step, but we still have a long way to go before the legacy of mistrust of science within the black community is fully overcome. So for a long time, this is considered like a conspiracy theory again. It ended up being true. And the woman that broke the story, there's a whole awesome story, too, about her um, as a woman that ended up kind of researching this and breaking the study. But uh, I just wanted to bring it in because, again, like RJ or excuse me, Gordo brought up that it's like Black History Month. And again, like just this was something that was very done that was very you know i always consider evil but that the government just kind of did during this time again that we saw with the movie that we watched this week it was just kind of like trampling on people's rights and just kind of like doing whatever they wanted in the sake of name of big daddy government so yeah and there's like from the public health perspective there's been huge ramifications since this study there's been a lot of distrust recently right right there's been a lot of distrust in the african-american community for vaccinations and just general treatment and those ramifications like we're still going to see those effects decades um from now as well and like one of the cornerstones of that is um for research is like the establishment of more stronger ethics so things like informed consent beneficence, uh, equipoise, and like, IRB to actually overview a study. So one of the big things for beneficence, I always mispronounce that word, it's not to practice evil or do harm. Mm-hmm. One should prevent evil or harm, remove evil or harm, and one should practice good. And so for research, there should always be a balance. And this is why um, in a lot of studies and a lot of clinical trials, once a medication or treatment is proven to be effective, they stop it and give it to everyone. And that's not what they did here. So uh, this is just a really good example of kind of the horrible things that have been done in the past, but now there's way more oversight to prevent things like this from happening in the future. Or is there? There is. (laughs) (laughs) I will just say like similarly to like what Prof K is saying, I think there's just a a history within the black community. I I, I was pulling it up. There's an HBO documentary, uh, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. And again, similar experience where they were doing, you know, scientific research without letting the, you know, person who was a a black woman know what they were doing you know it's it's really challenging i think the black community as a whole has every right to be like suspicious based (laughs) off of their experiences but it's it's good good to hear you know and i appreciate prof k sharing some of the the standards that the medical community are now um and and have imposed um to address these um wrongs and and you know it was great to see that you know the american government clinton um was able to acknowledge it and you know hopefully this isn't happening in today's um scientific research and if it is that's fucking disgusting um the only other thing i just wanted to add is like i just love henry lewis gates like i'm just like i love this guy like anytime he does something i'm just like oh shit this guy's i want to hear him like and like you know he was in hbo's Watchmen, and he does some stuff on pbs i'm like god you are you are so cool like you were meant to be like a historian guy like he popped out and he was like historian (laughs) 
Do you feel the same way about Ben Shapiro? Fuck no. That guy needs to, you know, you know, again, I, I get it. He he and I suffer from uh from what you know some might say is not the best voices. And I get it, but like he should probably find a different industry. Maybe write books. He does write books. <laughs> maybe maybe stop talking. <laughs> My final point with all of this, and I'm just going to kind of bring more stuff like this. Like, it's always not just going to be super crazy stuff, but it's going to be things that were considered conspiracy theory that ended up being fact and true, right? So, like, even kind of the other thing I wanted to bring up this week was the term conspiracy theorist. Do you guys know where that came from? I'll uh, include the link in the show notes, but it came from the CIA. They released it around like the early 60s, the, the, the term and started using it in documents and stuff, um, especially kind of more so after Roswell yeah. and really around the Kennedy assassination. So if you look into it, it's like there's a whole history there with where the term originated from to label and kind of like term anyone who altered or questioned the official story as a conspiracy theorist. And that's mm-hmm. my that's my preaching truth today. That was a good segment, T-Bone. Thanks. I try to do something a little different. Yeah, that's good. It's not all just the one world order trying to, you know, shove communism down our throats. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it's not just the red pill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. What do we got? Do we have a, uh, do we have something to take us out this week? Do you guys have anything else you want to say to our listeners? I think we hit. I did have one final note that I, that I wanted to share. Um, you know, I think we can just share it in the, in the show notes, but, um, if for those of you that have been following along with the impeachment trial, I'm not going to dive into it. Um, uh, but Jamie Raskin, the lead, um, house manager that's been organizing, he, you know, in his intro in, introduction to the, the process, he shared some of his life experience, um, burying his family, buried his son, uh, on the fifth. So this was at, the day before the insurrection and, you know, he didn't really go into the details about it, but, you know, I had looked into it a little bit further and, and they have a very um, heartfelt obituary about their son um, that they released. You know, unfortunately, their son um, uh, committed suicide. And I think, you know, especially in this time, we're all um, just really stressed out and are dealing with a lot of challenges. And I just really one, I would say read read the obituary just because he his son was truly an amazing amazing young man that really had a lot of potential and i think that is one of the things we all sometimes miss is you know some some people that are we see that are really out there to do some amazing things have their own demons that they're working through so i would say go check out that obituary if you are having any sort of mental health issues we all we all are dealing with a lot of stuff right now. Um, seek help. Get get that necessary um, treatment. You know, as a as an individual that's dealt with men, mental health illness and still dealing with it, it's it's not it's not something you want to talk about. But um, the only other thing I would say is, you know, if you're having suicidal thoughts, the suicidal hotline is one 8255 But definitely take some time to read that um, and and just really you know reflect on just a young man that had a lot of potential. So that's all I have, and I'm sorry to end on that sad note but i think definitely worth uh, remembering a, a a good young man nice ending z very nice please don't and for our outro song we have um from composer ludwig 
Johansson um, from the movie Tenant. One of my favorite songs from there was Posterity. Face all over the place. We're online 24-7.